Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Football is back, and so is Cash the Ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni every week this fall. That's picks, parlays, and that's sweet, sweet value. Cactus included on all the NFL and college football matchups. Full breakdowns on the biggest games, but if you have a life, you don't have 45 minutes to spare, we've got you. We're the most on-demand podcast. We're catered to you and the teams you love. That's Cash the Ticket. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, it is now time for our favorite segment of the show. It is our listener mailbag where we uh, turn over the topics to our our dear, sweet listeners. Uh, Before we do that, I need to remind you guys once again about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. I I, I love uh, all the pictures you guys have been tagging us in at Boomer Jacks. Hopefully uh, very soon, uh, Brian and I will be out there. I think sooner rather than later, you guys should hear something on that, that that we'll be hanging out at Boomer Jacks. Uh, So stay tuned for that. But uh, you don't have to wait for us. You can go to Boomer Jacks now if you like. Uh, in fact, if you're looking for a, a great wing deal, go on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesday, it's half-price bone-in wings. Wednesday, Wednesdays, it's half-price boneless wings. Uh, but the rest of the week, they got great deals for you on food and drinks. $3 drink specials, $15 buckets of beer. It, it's a great atmosphere, great environment for whatever you're looking for. If you're looking for a good happy hour spot with uh, your coworkers, Boomer Jacks is perfect with their drink specials. If you're looking for somewhere to watch the game with your, your buddies, again, Ice cold beer, $15 buckets of beer, perfect spot. All those TVs. If you're looking just for somewhere to have a nice dinner with the family, Boomer Jacks is that place too. And uh, they'll fulfill anything that you need there over there. And they've got 17 DFW locations. So you can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That is boomerjacks.com. First question here, Brian, from uh, Tony42110. If we have the tools to stop the run, why can't Dan Quinn use them correctly? And does that stop a potential interest in him being a head coach with how this defense is running lately? Brian, I don't know about you. I feel like uh, Dan Quinn has tried to smoke and mirrors the hell out of this run defense. And I think he deserves credit for not being as big of an issue in the first half of the season as it could have been. Yeah, I I think that there was, uh, uh, you know, a lot of things that Dan was trying to do. I felt like, you know, this happened very, very early uh, against the Buccaneers, you know, that you started to see like, mm, okay, maybe, maybe this is going to be a problem. And then, you know, they, they played much better against the Rams. They gave the Rams nothing running the football, but the Rams have been awful all year uh, as we've seen, but that was a game that was very early in the season. Uh, you know, they're right about the, uh, about the tools. And, but I think Dan's doing the best he can you know, you you call slants, you call twists, 
you call those things in mind that you trust your players are doing are going to do their jobs. You know, mental busts kill plays, kill drives. And I'm not saying that Dan is, uh, you know, that you should he should wash his hands of the blame. But, you know, yeah, it, it's it's been difficult. And when you have players that haven't played up to their ability when it comes to playing run defense, you know, that, that's that's a tough thing for a, a defensive coordinator to have to deal with, that, that the players just aren't, uh, you know. It's one thing to physically get beat in the running game. It's another thing to give up plays because mentally you're doing things wrong. And But that's on the coaches. That's on teaching. That's on preparation. You know, it has to be a, a thing that goes hand in hand. Next question here from uh, Naomi Rosen. Uh, will we see more Cavante Turpin on, on offense? Uh, what do you yourselves think he could do? Could he get separation downfield? So I, 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 I think that as much as we all would like to see Cavante Turpin, there are limitations in how much he can be involved just because he is a small guy. And it, it's it's tough to hit a five seven. And I understand there's Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's a freak and an outlier. Uh, I, it's just it's tough to hit a five six five seven guy uh, down the field. Um, I did love Brian. I don't know about you. I love the idea of if it's a final play of a half, don't just run the standard draw play. Throw a quick screen to Turpin. Yeah, like, like let him see if he can do so. If you've got that weapon in your arsenal, I think absolutely Turpin should get every last second touch in the at the end of the first half that you can muster should go to Cavante Turpin. But I think his role in this offense is always going to be kind of a gadget player. Maybe he gets, you know, some of these jet sweeps, maybe he gets a, a smoke route with, uh, or, you know, a bubble screen and, and some blocking and things like that. Um, but, but I think a, a full-time invol- involvement in the passing game will probably never be very likely. for him. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you got the player absolutely correct. And, you know, you never know. I mean, you, you know, we talked about in the during the bye week that maybe coaches come up with ideas, little packages for guys that they kind of figure out. I remember a, a game, and I think it was Thanksgiving. The in my been that the the uh, the Cowboys, I think, were playing the Chiefs, and they threw a ball underneath and blocked everything. You know, I mean, it was just right before the half. It was like one of those just tackle the guy and. I think it might have been Hill. It just was. It was. Like, it was. Yeah. It was. It was the. Yeah. Just, they yeah. They just weaving. You know, he's weaving through it. It's like a punt return. It's like a fifty-yard punt return. You know, and so yeah, maybe more opportunities for stuff like that. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on, and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about: basketball, now golf, and the metronome of your life: baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Next question here uh, from at Titanic Gambler. What two or three Cowboys are going under the radar but above expectations? Their selections are Brett Maher, and Leighton Vander Esch. Uh, I think Leighton Vander Esch has been about on expectation. There, were, there was a lot of people who thought he was going to have a solid year coming out of training camp. Maher, I agree. Maher has been so great, and it's been nice not to feel terrified every time the kicker's gone up there like you were the last few years with Zerline. Um, but I think in general, you could point to a lot of the guys on, on the offensive line. Tyler yeah. Biotis. Jack yeah. Prescott had a lot of praise for Tyler Biotis yesterday and talking about how uh, the communication here in year three has just gotten so much better 
and 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 that that's been a big help to him. I know Terrence Steele. Uh, we 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 haven't really said much about him lately, and it's it's probably because he's he's playing so well. Um, and 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 when you're playing well like that, you're you're not showing up on on the screen for for an issue. But uh, I I think those are some good selections. Uh, I think Donovan Wilson has has been good this year in large part. Um, but but anybody else you can think of that stands out? No, I, I honestly I feel like he kind of I was looking at the because my expectations for Terrence still weren't great. Uh, so he's played much better than I ever believed he could. Uh, you know, I man, you know what's amazing was uh, you know, in defense, I Kelvin Joseph playing special teams, I really didn't know what to expect there about he's him playing. Good. Yeah, and you know he's one of the more aggressive corners you have, and I think that's because of special teams. I'm not saying that, you know, I, I, I'd like to see him develop a little bit more on defense, and I, yeah. I think there's some things that you know that he struggles with at times. But I didn't have great expectations of him as a, a guy that, you know, and you know how about you know how about Luke Gifford with five tackles last week on special? Yeah, teams? he was great. I think just overall, if you want to say expectations, offensive tackle. And then maybe what they've done on special teams. You mentioned Brett Maher and stuff like that, but you know, special teams. I, I, what's expectations for Turpin? You know, I mean, it's like oh, USFL MVP kind of guy. Oh, he runs around. I mean, they 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 found something in him. So I, I think that you know those are the kinds of things that I kind of look at. Uh, they were right about Malik Davis. I, I think Malik yeah. Davis should have had more carries in the game the other day. You know, I mean. You start to talk about, well, if you lose Pollard, you lose Zeke, Malik Davis, draft somebody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could kind of you squint real hard. You could see that. So yeah, I mean, I those are the those are the types of players that 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 I've taken notice to. Next question here from uh Gary Matera. Has Dorrance Armstrong been a disappointment this year? This is an interesting question. Uh he's gotten some decent sack numbers, but he got paid because of a sound technique, and that has been non-existent in the run game this season. It's yeah. funny. There, there, there was so much praise for Dorrance Armstrong early. I think you can make the argument he has been a disappointment because the, the sack production has been there, but he's been really bad on the edge, helping out in the run game, and that's part of the reason for the leaks that they've had on the edge. Yeah, that's – that's. I mean, anybody that's playing right defensive end for the Cowboys is uh, under question for, you know, how that they've played. I mean, Tank has been good over on the left side. I mean, he he's the one guy that does understand how to play the run. I have a feeling you're going to see more of Golston in these games. I I really do. I mean, that's a long guy that is kind of hard to get outside on. That's what he was like at Iowa. I kind of thought he was a poor man's tank the way he played at Iowa. So he doesn't have the quickness of the pass rush. But to the question, Armstrong, yes, Armstrong is an up-the-field attack type of a player that's capable of when you're throwing the ball. He's capable of making plays, whether it's up-the-field, twist stunts, and all that. It's been a little, little bit of a liability in the run game because all of a sudden he's upfield and then he's, he doesn't have the awareness to not get hooked or not get down blocked or not cross face of the, the blocker. So, yeah, I'd say he's a little bit of disappointment in the run game for sure. That does it for us here on the Love of the Star. We will be back with you guys again next week and all likely Tuesday because because we'll be on the road. So I'll be flying back late Monday and then I'll, I'll have the morning show on Monday. But uh, I would guess we'll be back with you Tuesday, hopefully celebrating a Cowboys victory and uh, looking forward to a, a Thanksgiving Day matchup 
against the Giants. We will talk to you guys then.